learn about the strides female entrepreneurs of color are making. Be inspired by their story and enlightened by their leadership, insight, and advice. Welcome to WinHers United, your one-stop shop for business, mindset, personal development, and self-care conversations. I'm your host, Nicole Walker, and I am excited that you're listening today. I hope you find this information useful, and if you do, it would make my day to hear from you. Go over to winhersunited.com and leave me a message in the contact form. I would love for you to share your takeaways and your thoughts with me. Now let's get on with what you came here for. This is Season 7, Episode 3, entitled, No More Excuses, with M. Rain. Okay, so M, welcome. We appreciate you joining us today, and we're excited to learn more about you and your journey. Awesome, I'm excited to be here. This is amazing. Awesome, thank you. I appreciate that. All right, so let's get started by you telling us about your background and what you currently do professionally. Awesome. So I'm from a little town in Arkansas, really little, like the armpit of the world type of thing. (laughs) And so when you come from a little bitty space, you end up with only a few options. I thought I would be a teacher. I've been in school for everything. I ended up being a preacher. And then from there, I ended up being a coach. And so currently, I'm a metaphysical, mystical coach. And I have Divinity Academy, which is all about metaphysical education and Magical Mystic, which is where you get all your tools and stuff like that. And I'm a TV personality at Moments of Mindfulness. Oh, wow. So that sounds like a broad range. <laughs> so tell us about how you ended up in your current profession. Oh, healing myself. That, that would probably be the short answer. As I got older, I I have a really bad anxiety thing. It's like I was a real high energy person, type A, totally type A. But that stress, it'll destroy your body. It starts to eat away at you. So I ended up developing lupus, which is an autoimmune disorder, Mm. and epilepsy, as well as Graves' disease. Graves' disease also being an autoimmune disorder. And in 2006, I was given three months to live, three to six months. And so I I had to start on a path to heal myself, you know, and and it landed me into so much information and knowledge and it it didn't make sense not to share it. Wow. Did you say 2006, 14 Mm -hmm. years ago? 14 years ago. (laughs) All right, look, we're going to go off the script now. So (laughs) (laughs) you were given three months to live and you are here 14 years later. That's so amazing. Mm With no medication, I don't take medicine for seizures, for lupus, for my heart, for the Graves' disease or anything. Wow. And that was all through what? Holistic practice. The biggest thing for me was to get out of that type A high stress and and also the stuffing. I would stuff my emotions until they explode. I had this, this personality that made me susceptible to illness. So my heart was affected really badly. And when they were treating me, it got to a place where my heart wouldn't respond anymore to medication. Wow. Wow. So that sounds to me like a lot of mindset, right? And and personal practices, but it starts with mindset and realizing that 
you have to change, but you were able to heal yourself without medicine. Yes, absolutely. Our bodies are amazing. Once you tap into the natural body technology that you have, it's not much you can't move. Okay. All right. And did you go to school to be a doctor? No, I did go to nursing school for a little bit. And it was interesting and fun. I really wanted to do that for a while, but I had gotten in so much trouble. And so I wasn't eligible to have an actual license. Oh, yeah. wow. Okay. All right. This is leading right into our next question. <laughs> so, but I think you alluded to it. You said that you thought you were going to be a teacher, but is that, is that what you wanted to be when you grew up? It is. I wanted to teach history. Okay. That's not the most exciting thing. You know? <laughs> <laughs> not, not, no judgment, right? It's necessary. <laughs> Interesting. So you went from wanting to teach history to nursing to actually being in a holistic field. Mm -hmm. hmm. Okay. I see how the teaching goes with coaching though. Like to me, it all like some kind of way, everything connects, whether we realize it or not. Right. Yeah. So I see teaching going with coaching. I see nursing going with holistic. So although you weren't what you thought you would be, right. You're right where you're supposed to be. I would say. Right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, so you alluded to getting in some kind of trouble, but um, tell us what kind of upbringing you had as a child. Well, I, my grandmother raised me, so that, that was a big thing, and she was illiterate. So from really young, I had to learn how to read, write, and do all of the math and all that kind of stuff, because she had a fourth grade education. And so I grew up kind of rough. It was a little bitty place, but I still grew up in the projects, and it seemed very projecty, you know? So... It was, it was a challenge. You know, I went through all types of stuff. And to be honest, I don't even know how I survived to get to the mindset of, okay, I need to turn this around. But mm -hmm. yeah, it was rough. Mm. Okay. Thanks for that. That's awesome. So your grandmother was illiterate. So it sounds like you probably had to take on a, a more mature and older role and like help her with a lot of stuff. Right. Right, absolutely. And where did you get the know-how for that? You know, it's, it's, my mother was extremely intelligent, her and my father both, and I didn't get to get, go through the baby stage. So it was always this, ever since I've been old enough to remember this requirement to be smart. The other thing was I have, I'm a natural nerd. <laughs> it's like, I love information and knowledge. And so from the moment that somebody put a book in front of me, I've always just consumed all the knowledge I could get. Okay. All right. Thanks for that. Wow. Wow. All right. So tell us about a pivotal point in your life and how it shaped who you are today. Well, for me, it was being sick and facing the the prospect of death and having a son that was still a minor at that time he's grown now he's almost 30 but at that time he was still pretty much a minor and I knew I needed to do something and on top of that there was this need for me to just clean up my life I was kind of tired of of the same old same old and so the definition of insanity is what to continue to do the same thing expecting different results and I just didn't have any more excuses it was like you know at this point when you're facing death what do you have to lose 
And that's sometimes the best thing that can happen to people is that they be put in a place where they have nothing to lose. Because from there, if you engage, you go straight up. Mm. Wow. That's deep. Yeah, that sounds like uh, how when your back is against the wall, right? That's when you actually right. really show what you're made of. Wow. Okay. So tell us what you would consider to be your strength, a sh- one strength and one weakness, but also tell us what you do to get around that weakness. Okay. I think my strength is that I don't quit. I don't know how, you know, but that can kind of also be my weakness. It's, it's, I'm, I have so much tenacity and sometimes I hold on to things way longer than I should. You know, it's kind of like that bulldozer mentality. So there are, I practice meditation and mindfulness personally, and I use that to help me to stay in a centered place. If something no longer feels good within me, I let it go. And that's how I've learned how to manage just how aggressive I can be toward my goals. Okay. that That's good though. Cause like mindfulness is so important, right? And like it's helped you to get out of sickness as well as to stay in line. So I love that. All right, so tell us what you're currently doing to improve yourself personally and or professionally. So I do, of course, I have my personal meditative practice and I commit myself to study. I have mentors, I have a financial mentor, I have a spiritual mentor and I surround myself with people who challenge me to learn new things and apply them to my life because that's that second part of it. But I write a lot. I journal a lot. I spend a lot of time with nature. I'm a total tree hugger. So it really <laughs> me to just stay mellowed out. I feel really zen. And, that, and that's why I love what I do. Because I get to teach what I practice. That's beautiful. Yes. I love that. Okay. So tell me more about a spiritual mentor. How do, What does that look like? Well, it's someone who kind of that you can be open with about whatever struggles you have. When you're a leader, whether it's professional or rather spiritual, you can't just be open and free with everybody because most of the people around you are looking to you for the answer. And when you have that kind of weight on you, you also need someone who you can kind of unclothe yourself and say, hey, this is where I'm at right now. This is something and that's something. And, and that can sometimes guide you or other times just listen, you know? Okay. Okay, good, good. Thanks for that. All right, so tell us about your morning routine. Absolutely. So normally in the mornings, I wake up and before I get out of bed and before I open my eyes for good, I'll lay there and just call my energy back to me. And I'll just lay there and receive it. And I kind of breathe into my body. It's like I'll breathe and feel my forehead and feel my arms and my shoulders and my back because that gives my body this cue, I love you and I'm present, you know? And then from there, I get up and I'll do my coffee and then I'll do my meditation. Now for some people, they probably think that's backwards. <laughs> but I need my coffee in the morning to even get into a meditation. So I'll do my coffee, I'll do my meditation, and then I'll go through all of my messages from my students and VIP clients, that kind of thing. But definitely calling my energy back, centering, doing a self-love routine and then meditation. Okay. Now you definitely piqued my interest. Like you say, call your energy back. What, what does that mean? Well, generally speaking, most of us give out a, a tremendous amount of energy in our daily lives. 
And we think that when we go to sleep, that's the end of it. But the truth is, who really knows what dream state is or what sleep state is? So for me, even though when I get ready to go to bed at night, I center. Once I wake up, I want to be restored. So all the energy that I put out there, all the energy may be stolen from me, all the energy wasted. I want that back. I want it clean. I want it to feel good and healthy. I don't want to wake up and start my day already halfway bankrupt, you know? Mm, I like that. So it's, it's uh, that sounds to me like a guided kind of med- meditation, like you're asking for a particular thing. I love that energy back. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, we definitely need that. Okay. All right. So tell us about the last book that you read or listened to. So, well, outside of my own, (laughs) because right now I'm in the process of editing my book. I did Eat, Pray, Love again. Okay. That's one of my favorite books. I go back to it because it was the beginning of my spiritual journey, my independent spiritual journey. But particularly, it's a part in there where she was talking about, you got to decide what you want. And then once you do, think about all the people in your life, everybody that you know who would agree with you and want you to have it. Like, you know, my mom would want me to be happy. My dad, whether they're dead or alive, I go back to that book all the time for that part. Because sometimes we have enough people around us that's kind of pushing against us. We need the reminder that there's a lot of people who would be on our side and wish us well. Okay. I like that as well. Yes. And I do agree that, especially with the entrepreneurial journey, like sometimes when the fun wears down, right. And you're (laughs) lacking the energy or the motivation that you need, you do need some cheerleaders in your corner. And I love the fact that you mentioned that it does, they don't even have to be alive. That, that really touched me. Right. Cause I do have a lot of cheerleaders that are no longer here so thinking of right i love that that was that was good yeah so you talked about your book tell us about your book too why not (laughs) okay so i have a book called spiritual gangster it's my first book under my m rain right name of course i have 22 books under lucretia hayes which is my legal name but Spiritual Gangsta is amazing. It it introduces people to ritual and takes all the woo-woo scary out of it, you know, and it's just, it just becomes a natural way for us to live and survive. I, I love candle magic. I love water magic and all of these things in nature. And some people, they would love it and it would heal them and it would help them tremendously, but it's a scary thing around that idea of ritual. So I took the scary out of it and made it common and easy to connect with. I love that name, Spiritual Gangster. <laughs> <laughs> yes, so you talked about, you hit on three things that I want to talk more about. So you said water magic. Mm-hmm. Can, you, can you define that for us? Absolutely. It is when you use the, the natural essence or the natural ability of water to enhance your life. So One of the things that I often do is sometimes I'll get a note and stick it to my bottle of water and Mm -hmm. I'll say what it is that I want this to do, whether it's to heal me or this and that. Sometimes I'll put shungite or clear quartz or whatever around my water or my juice or something like that and I'll drink it. But also when every time I take a shower, I release everything that's in my way, every heavy burden, every bit of negativity. I see it coming off of me and flowing down the drain, gone for good. 
I love that. I love that. Yes, I've done a talk in the past about the power of our words and our mentality. And I did a research on water, right? Because people, I'm not sure whether people know or not, but we are, I think it's like 60 plus percent water, which is more than anything else, right? And water <laughs> does have powers and you can, like you said, put, speak to water and that water reacts to what you're saying to it. So I love that tip. Now you said candle magic. Tell us about that one. So it's similar, you know, but in the sense that water has this cleansing flowing programmable. Well, fire is a consuming agent, right? So, and it's also an empowering agent. So I use candles and, and stuff like that to increase the energy of my home, increase my own energy when I'm doing like self-healing work. Or also to consume that which I have seemed to have a hard time releasing. Like one of the things that I often do is if I have something that I can't get it out of my head, it's really bothering me, I'll write it down, you know, on a piece of paper. I'll sit with it for a minute and then I'll light it a fire in a candle and just let it go. Yes, yes. I did something like that and literally it was the catalyst to changing my life. Like I wrote down all of the things that I wanted to release, you know, had my <laughs> ceremony around it, burned it up. And within 10 or so days, my life like, like totally changed. Like literally it was, it was, it was good. Yeah. I like that. I like that. Thanks for that sharing. Awesome. <laughs> now we're not just going to brush over the fact that you said you have 22 books now. I need some details. <laughs> I um when I was a Christian I did a lot of writing so most of them have a Christian spin on it I didn't feel moved to take them off the market because they had a lot of power as well but my first and my international bestseller I sold the movie rights to it options to it was The Rape of Innocence which talks about my childhood and growing up and then I have like three poetry books three novels and I have a book about relationships called Irmageddon. I, you know, when I came up with that name, I thought I was brilliant in that moment. I, was like, I, I came up with a name. But it's all about how you have to keep other people's opinions and words out of your relationships and for that matter, out of your life. Most of the people who fail at anything, relationships or business, it's because they listen to the wrong person. Mm, I can agree. But I, have, I have to divorce to prove it. No. <laughs> No, it was it was stuff more than that, but I feel like a lot of the problems could possibly have been solved had I not allowed outside influences to come in. So I do agree with listening to people as opposed to relying on yourself to figure right. things. Oh, well, thanks for sharing all that. You said your one book, like one book that you tried to slide in twenty two, so we couldn't slide <laughs> past that. That's awesome. Yes. All right, so do you use personal affirmations? I do. I do. Can you share your favorite one or two with us? My favorite of all time is I am all. And that one is because it reminds me that whatever it is out there is also in here, you know? And if I don't want it out there, I can't have it in here either. You know, it's that mirror effect of attracting what you are. 
So I am all is my favorite, but my second favorite is money flows to me with ease and grace, you know, and it has since I adopted that and not just saying it, but feeling it in my heart space when I'm saying it. Mm, I like that. I like that. So you said something I want to touch back on. So you said, I am all. So Mm -hmm. you can't have something out there and not in here. Can you just go a little deeper on that for a second? Well, I teach that we're fractals of the universe, so we're fractals of everything else that is, but we're unique fractals. So we have to look at ourselves as various percentages of everything that exists. Mm. And the way you know your predominant vibration is by looking at what keeps coming to you. Anything Mm. that comes into your life is meant to show you a picture, and that doesn't mean you have to dislike that picture or go change anything. You could just be show gratitude for it, but it could be something that you have to change. And in order to do that, that has to start from within. Like, where is the match that brought that to me so that I can deal with it? Most people who are devastated and hurt by people outside of themselves has already betrayed themselves or devastated themselves on some level. Woo, girl! You <laughs> that, yeah. You know, it's it's so easy to look without. I remember one time I put a quote up and I'm going to probably jack the quote up, but it was just talking about like, how do you change your outward reality by making mm-hmm. inward changes? Like, and that, you know, that's a paraphrase, but to <laughs> me, that's what I heard you saying, right? Right, right. I really like what you said, though, as far as what you what comes to you is supposed to show you something, because I learned like through my journey of healing and self-acceptance, I learned so much about me by witnessing other people because I wasn't in a place to see myself. Right. Mm -hmm. So then I started to see other people do things. And then let's say I didn't like it. And then I had to examine myself and realize like oh wait i do that right so if i don't like them doing it then I'm doing it right and i believe I, I read a quote one time that said anything that you don't like within like from someone else is usually something that's within you that one you know i didn't right. like it when i read it right because it, <laughs> it makes you look at yourself right and a lot of people are scared to look at themselves Yes, that's true. That's true. I love how you said that, though, because sometimes we we don't we're uncomfortable looking at ourselves that deeply because for the most part, most of us are already hypercritical of ourselves anyway. And we ain't looking for something to make that even worse. But here's the other side of that. If you don't like it in somebody else, you don't don't like it in you either. And it it sets up this self-hate or this self deprecation and it might not be overt and obvious you know it may come across in how you eat and how you drink and who you sleep with and you know all of that (laughs) so (laughs) it's a funny it's a funny thing how our minds and our bodies and our vibrations are wow no that that was real life what you just said right (laughs) like you could look at the easy stuff but paying attention to how you treat yourself and girl touching on the who you sleep with, right? That's a, that's another show, but <laughs> <laughs> that's serious though. It's serious and, and it is. Okay. This episode is entitled no more excuses. 
And in the essence of having no more excuses, send me an email at whenhersunited at gmail.com to join the When Hers Unite, When Hers United membership group. We have three levels for When Hers at different points in their lives. We have the evolving When Her level, which is our introductory level. We have the escalating When Her level, which is our mid-level. And we have the elevating When Her level, which is our top level. Each of these levels come with different accents. Send me an email at whenhersunited at gmail.com if you're interested. All right. So tell us what you do to stay on the cutting edge. Honestly, I create it. I, um, I've never let myself get comfortable. I'm always looking for the next thing because we do live in a, a society nowadays where everybody has kind of got this top cat mentality. And so to kind of stay ahead of that, you have to have this creative mindset. And it's, it's not necessarily that you're doing anything different. You're bringing your own energy and your own spin to what you want to see out there. And that's what I always ask. What would I want right now? And then I try to give that to other people. Okay. I like that. I created it. And you're right. Like this, I've been hearing about people who literally take people's whole emails and copy and paste or take their whole Facebook posts. Like, where's the integrity? Like, I really... How could you even feel good about yourself by doing that? <laughs> I know, but we're we're dealing with so many broken people. They're just trying to make it however they can, and they hadn't understood their own greatness. That's where all thievery comes from. It's when you don't think that you're enough. You believe that, so you go and try to mimic someone else, but you definitely are never going to be enough being a second-rate person, other person. You know, It's always better to be yourself. Thanks for that. That that was a very compassionate way to look at it, right? Because you could get angry, but then yeah. if you look at it like this person doesn't love them or realize their greatness, then it's like you feel a compassion as opposed to an anger or hatred. So I like that spin. Yeah, good. Awesome. All right. So tell us about the toughest struggle that you had to overcome and how you overcame it. Definitely would be the... It's probably a tie between the, the, the medical stuff and the legal stuff. Both of them were, and they, I had them both at the same time. That's probably the amplification aspect. But like you were just saying about how people would do things and, and you can't feel good about yourself. For a long season, in my mind, I had one or two options. It was like, I would have a man to take care of me or, you know, rob or sell drugs or something you know because because you get to a place where you don't want a man that you don't really want you know so for me overcoming uh the easy answer and forcing myself to dig within me it's like you're too smart to have to do with you know i'm standing beside someone doing what i'm doing and i'm looking at myself like you're way too smart for this you know and that that pulling myself back to a place of I'm gonna I'm gonna do this authentically is not easy. It sounds like it's a simple thing, but it, it you literally have to be on top of yourself until you retrain yourself and get yourself out of that mentality. It's like his money is easy, but it's not satisfying. Good. Thank you for that. All right, now look, you look, we can't brush past nothing now. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna look, you done you done touched on some things now. So 
you said, did you say selling drugs and stealing? Were you talking about yourself personally? And did you go from this place to being a, 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 an evangelist or a preacher? I did. I did. Wow. Yeah, I, um, I've, I've done it all. The only thing I didn't do was do drugs. But as far as hustling and just trying to make it, I did sell drugs for a little while. dated a lot of drug dealers and wrote checks. I think though the majority of my legal issues was anger related. I would cut tires, burn up houses, almost burn up a hotel, you know, just wilding because there was nothing inside. So I had to sit and allow myself to heal and church was my first stop. That's why I don't demonize it. It's good for some people. It was a way for me to land and just balance. Good. Thanks for sharing that. That is awesome right because and not awesome meaning you know what occurred but I love how you said when you were doing certain things like even realizing like this this isn't for me right and then two taking the action necessary to get yourself out of that right and no one's perfect like you you know what you chose what you chose right I can say like I was a person that has been addicted to alcohol and drugs for many years which for a lot of people, they didn't, like people don't, still don't believe me when I tell them yeah, that, right? Because we, <laughs> <laughs> we all have our demons, but that doesn't have to be the last stop if we don't want it to be the last stop, right? So it's literally up to us and we can make whatever changes we choose to make, right? Because to me, that's yeah. like night and day. And here you are. Right. Right? I love it. All right, so tell us about an aha moment you had lately and how you changed as a result. Oh, goodness. So speaking on relationships, it was it was one of those things. So I was having a conversation with my boyfriend, and I still use, like, street terminology because in my mind, even with my business, it's, a, it's like the hustle aspect of it I brought to the, to the business field. But I also have it in the relationship. And I realized that a paradigm doesn't have boundaries. So whatever your operating system is, you're going to take that. It's going to touch every aspect of your life, whether you want it to or not. Sometimes a little more subtly and sometimes heavy handedly. But for me, I, I was treating relationships like, you know, I need to be able to double up with you. What you bring to <laughs> And, I, and, you know, once you get wealthy, because I've become a multimillionaire, nine times out of ten, I'm not going to, whoever I'm already dating, they're not there. So, you know, paying my bills loses interest. Now, what do I do with a whole boyfriend? It's like, because I don't really need you for nothing. You have to learn how to appreciate people on a different level. Okay. All right. So, <laughs> how'd you do that? <laughs> <laughs> you know... So I had to understand value of other things. So when, when you're poor, because I grew up very, very poor, money has the highest value. That's how you always know who came from nothing. But when you get money and you realize that doesn't do everything for you, you start to learn the value of other things. Like he brings me breakfast in bed every morning almost, and he rubs my feet and he puts Bengay on my back, you know, <laughs> and he... <laughs> trims the hedges and he does the laundry and it's just like that's a value you know and it's it would do me less good for him to pay my rent or my mortgage rather 
then it would for him to do those things for me, which takes care of the me that nobody else sees when I'm out here doing whatever I can do for other people. Mm, good point. I love that, right? Yeah, because I was in my marriage, I was a breadwinner, and a lot of people on the outside didn't understand what was going on, right? And at a point in time, I was happy with it. Cause like, like I got breakfast and I got a lot of things that I didn't value at the time though. So I really appreciate what you said. Like I didn't value what I did have. And I started to listen to other people as far as money, which don't get me wrong. We could have used more of it, but that wasn't what I was looking for at the time. So to me, it was, you know, like it wasn't what I was looking for, but yet I put focus on it from listening to other people and devalued a lot of the great things that I was getting, right? So it makes me think like to each his own because everyone always says what should be or how things should be. And at the end of the day, if it works for you and hits, like you said, your value system, then who are we to say what's right or wrong or in between, right? Right. I love that. Okay. So do you have a leadership practice or principle that governs your life? And if so, can you share it with us? I do. It's called self-honor. By me making sure that I'm honoring myself in every decision, just by definition, I can't be dishonoring anyone else. And at the same time, I'm no longer being anybody's doormat either. It's mm. like in every moment, what feels good to my soul? Because if that don't feel right, I'm not going to stick with that. I'm not going to do it because that's going to be a waste of energy and a drain from all the work that I've done. And it's also good in business practice because I won't charge somebody what I wouldn't pay. Okay. And I'm not going to have do a job that I would be complaining about. And I'm not the, the easiest customer. So I do whatever I do as if I'm trying to do it to please myself. And I'm in love with the testimonials, you know, and that's, that's another form of that self-honor. It's like, I don't, I'm not satisfied with you just spending some money with me. I want to hear, you know, these great accolades of all this stuff that you were able to do from what you got, you know? Okay. I love that. Self-honor. And I love the way your self-honor was not selfish, right? Your self-honor encompasses other people and makes sure that you're living with integrity and ethical and and things like that, right? right? And also, but not allowing yourself to be a doormat while doing so right that was good okay all right so do you have any recommended resources that you want to share with us and tell us how you use it absolutely i spent a lot of time at (laughs) gaia.com that's one of my favorite websites they have all kind of articles about metaphysical practices a lot of people don't get into mind body medicine just because it seems complex, but over there, you know, even if you just want to say one article a day, it takes you 10 or 15 minutes, you're learning something and it's expanding your mind and your awareness. And some things won't work or make sense for you the first time you read it, but later on, it starts to click into place. So that's one thing. The other thing is I highly recommend people start to learn the universal laws as far as mentalism and this and that. Because once you fully understand them to a place where you make them personal to you, it shifts everything. There's, there's no more struggle and no more wondering and, and praying to something. You hoping to hear you and you hope it has mercy on you. You start to understand that the universe, that the all is with you and in you at all times and always in agreement with whatever you say. So you own your own Godhood because even the Bible says what that 
we're made in the image of God. He made us in his image. So then we must be what we came from. Yes, yes. Thank you for that. And what'd you say, Gaia.com? Mm-hmm. It's G-A-I-A dot com. Okay. All right. That's good. And I love what you said about the universal principles, right? Like I started writing a book a few years ago and I've been back and forth. But that was a part of what I was putting into my book because I am a Christian, right? But I do believe that religion is a separator, right? Mm-hmm. And within each religion are the universal principles right live with love treat people the way you want to be treated so if we focus on these principles right regardless of the religion that we choose to have or not have or whatever but focus on the principles of living a a life right like you know right right, meaning treating people well meaning you know respecting yourself all those things that a life right means according to universal laws then we cover the bases that whatever religion says, right? And and it doesn't have to be as complicated as we sometimes make it. So I appreciate you for saying that. All right. So do you have any advice that you want to give an up-and-coming entrepreneur? Absolutely. The first thing is to do something every day. And also, it's, it's, you have to start. A lot of people feel like they need to wait until this, wait until that. And so their time dwindles away and they're not aware of how much time they've wasted and how many opportunities have slipped by. There are some doors that will not open until you get all the way up to it, grab the knob, and you will feel it unlock when you push it and you open it. And so if you're waiting on to be able to look across the room and see the door wide open, you see the money, you see the support, you see the building, you might not ever get anywhere, but if you get up and you start moving, I'm going to work with what I have. I don't have any money, but I got a computer. I got internet. I'm going to start researching. I'm going to start planning. I'm going to start fantasizing about how this thing going to work, you know? And then from there, you're starting to develop a new vibration. You draw people to you who randomly tell you stuff. You know, such and such selling their building, but they saying that they will let somebody come in there if they just clean it up. Now you are ran all the way into a building just by shifting your vibration. You got to start. I love that. Yeah. Great advice. That reminds me of even starting this podcast. It's like, oh, I had a, oh, I want to be a speaker. I want to do this. I want to do that. Right. But no idea how to do it. And literally starting this podcast opened so many doors that a lot of the doors I didn't even have to go after. Like they came to me. But it started with me stepping out uh, outside of my comfort zone and, and into the unknown. So that's great advice. All right. So do you have a favorite quote that you want to share with us? I think my favorite quote is still Carpe Diem. For several reasons. Seize the day is about realizing that you can't do anything with yesterday. It's gone. And tomorrow may not, may or may not come. You are only presently powerful. So the moment that you're out of the present, you know, you have no power. So Carpe Diem is like reminding me to seize the day with the power that I've been given. And, and that, you know, now it's my power. So I love that. I love it. It's, I would get a tattoo if I would get scared of needles <laughs> and put it on myself. Uh, but yeah, yeah. Do it. Look, no, I'm a... <laughs> I love that though. It's so amazing how... 
from last season going into this season, a lot of the personal affirmation questions or quote questions, the women will say, oh, I got a tattoo right here. And then for you to say, <laughs> I would be tattooed if I didn't, you know, we'll see. Look, once you do, send me a picture. <laughs> but I love what you said as far as seizure. Did you say seizure power in the moment? Right. Because you're only, you're only powerful in your present moment. Yeah. And to me, that's, that's deep, right? Because we are such a distracted people, Ooh, right? Yeah. So, and, and a lot of times you don't live in the moment, you know, you're living in the past because you're thinking about what you should have said, what you should have did. You're living in the future, thinking about what you're going to do, what you're going to do and not in the right now. Right. Ooh. That changes your life. It really does just to, to take a mindful breath. My TV show, Moments of Mindfulness, is all about bringing you back to the breath because right now you have an opportunity to make some decisions. Right now you have an opportunity to do some things. And if you, you tarry too long in the past, you will let something that's gone destroy what you have, the opportunity to build right now. And then the worry about the future, you don't know what the future holds. It depends on what you do right now. If you don't do anything right now, your future is going to look like yesterday you know yeah that was good all right so you keep trying to brush past stuff so tell us about the tv show um moments of mindfulness it comes on fox on fridays at 4 p.m here locally in louisiana and of course we got streaming online but it is a 30-minute segment we talk about well i'm gonna talk about some of everything from real estate and finances to meditation to being out in nature but I just try to help people reclaim joy in their life because most people are not very happy. You know, even though they may have a measure of success, a lot of them aren't very happy because they don't even know who they are and what they need. Mm, you know? I love that. Okay. <laughs> All right. So two more questions before I let you go. One is going to be you telling us more about where to find you. But before we get into that, this is what I like to call my fun fun facts, fun segment, right? <laughs> and I love travel, right? I love everything about travel. I believe travel is enriching. It, I just, everything about it. So can you share with us your last vacation spots, your favorite vacation spot, and where your next vacation will be whenever that's going to be? Because we know how, you know, we talk <laughs> We thought we was out of the woods. Now we're back in the woods. We don't know. It, 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 it's out of the woods. We don't know. But you right. know. <laughs> that's. I was trying to think of whenever we get another one. But my last one was in Miami. I brought the New Year in in Miami, and it was extra, extra lit. That was my first time going. I loved it. I loved the energy of it. It was great. I would say though that my favorite vacation was probably Arizona to Sedona. Okay. It was very hot and dry. You know, that's true. But then there's so much beauty there. So much to see in nature. I mean, I actually drove right by a mountain line, little mountain line that was a baby, I guess. And we were about this far apart. And I was like, wow, I'm glad this truck is still moving. It's not a stop sign anywhere. It was, but it was exciting being there. We went to the Buddha Stupa. Girl, I spent the whole time calling it the Buddha stupid. What did I keep saying? Stupid. stupid. I almost called it stupid. I wasn't trying to. <laughs> <laughs> I 
tongue thing. I was like, oh, the super, you know? But it was nice. I enjoyed that. But my next one is definitely Hawaii. Nice. Oh, my goodness. I want to go to Hawaii. I heard it's really nice. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Bring me in your suitcase. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So thank you so much, Em. I really appreciate it. Oh, my goodness. So before I let you go, tell us about who can find you, any offers or anything you feel the listeners will want to know. Okay. We have Divinity Academy, which is divinityacademy.com, where you can get classes and stuff like that. I teach about meditation, ancestors, all of that, reclaiming your own divinity. And then we have Magical Mystic, which is on Instagram, Facebook, and we have MagicalMystic.com website. But you can connect with me on Facebook at, at Magical Mystic or at MRain, because I have two MRain pages. And you could also connect with me on Instagram at, at MRain Official. So I'm really excited about that. Awesome. Awesome. So you look, you keep touching on stuff I want to know more about. <laughs> Now, you said something about ancestors. What exactly do you do there? So I teach people a little bit about epigenetics, which is that you are the combination of every single thing that came before you. And in doing that, you can activate those cells within yourself to tap into your ancestry. So ancestor veneration for me is not just putting together an altar and burning candles from time to time, but it's calling forth that which I want to accentuate and also healing that, which may have, like some people have a history of abuse or breast cancer. I teach people how to heal themselves and then healing themselves, heal their mothers and the bloodline, you know. Mm, that's interesting. Okay. All right. Well, thank you so much, Em. I appreciate you again. Thanks for sharing. Thanks for being so transparent. Thanks for allowing me to go off of the script and uh, get... <laughs> Get down to the details. Yeah, we appreciate you. Thanks so this much. This was fun. I really enjoyed it. Don't forget to go to winhersunited.com forward slash podcast to check out the write-up for this episode. There you can read M's bio as well as get a link out to the book she referenced, which is Eat, Pray, Love. So if you'd like to purchase the Eat, Pray, Love book, go to winhersunited.com forward slash podcast and check out the segment that has M's information. Thanks for tuning in. As always, be empowered and empower on.